Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Creative and Tech, a podcast show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I am the brand evangelist for Reed Speaker in North America. And this show is all about highlighting the various brands, organizations, and people that are creatively using one of the fastest growing spaces in technology, artificial intelligence, and specifically in areas like conversational AI, chatbots, voice bots, and more. And today we're talking about AI in the retail and e-commerce space. And I have two wonderful guests with me today, both that are independent consultants with Best Buy. I have Richard Warzeka and Carissa Merrill. Welcome. Thank you both for being here. Thank you, Carrie. Great to be here. Likewise. Thanks for having us. Yes. So I want to start off with each of you. I like to start off with just getting to know the people on our show. You know, Richard, you were doing UX for websites for a long time and then kind of switched to voice. And Carissa, I saw that you studied art history, architecture, then kind of transitioned to voice. Richard, I'll start with you. What got you into this space and what excites you about it? Uh, Carrie, we have to go way back to 1993 <laughs> about, uh, and I was working on a uh, master's on, with philosophy, which seems like a very obscure, you know, how, not very practical uh, uh, degree. But I was also like philosophy of language and linguistics. And so I got really much into, into language, how we use it, what the challenges are from a, from a uh, understanding perspective. And that's really driven my, my appreciation for language and the challenges that, that it gives us. So that, that gives me sort of foundation for, for appreciation for language. As you mentioned, I got into websites then to sort of pay the bills, working on, working on the side to, to uh, understand that technology. Uh, and since it was the early days, we did a lot of dumb things back then. Uh, but we learned, yeah, just like we're doing with voice. Uh, so and the, as I especially, I started sort of really broadly uh, or doing pretty much everything with it within websites. So not only like creating, writing HTML, running databases, actually running the servers that, that they run on. Uh, so they have a broader understanding of web technology. But what I started to focus on in, uh, in on was uh, information architecture and content strategy. Like how do we use words to, uh, to engage people, to, uh, to how, do, how do we organize content to, so people can understand it, navigate it, navigate through it, and, and do things with it. So it's not surprisingly something like voice technologies is really something that uh, you know I had to wait around, wait for a while for it to come around so I could actually uh, jump into it. Um, so that obviously drives my, my appreciation for conversational AI in general. For retail in specific, um, it's just sort of a happenstance to be honest to how I get started with it because I've been to Twin Cities, Best Buy's in Twin Cities. Uh, obviously, I know a lot of people there. Um, so that's got me got me into re retail space. And so for the last 20 years, about three quarters of the time I've been doing consulting for, for Best Buy. And I by chance got into re retail, but what keeps me in retail is really the sort of like the straightforward metric. It's like you either sell something or you don't. 
Either you build a confidence and trust with your customers that they want to buy from you or you don't. And I think that challenge of understanding uh, what it means to change behavior in order to get people to, you know, to buy something from you is really what keeps me in this space because of the challenges. Well, it's interesting that you started again, kind of with philosophy and language and that this kind of fits so much of your personality and background. And I I love what you're saying about retail as well. Carissa, like I said, you've kind of had an interesting path. I know you worked with US Bank recently as well. You know, where did this kind of interest come for you in this space as well as retail? Yeah, excellent. Um, So essentially, I got into voice um, from when I was working as an accessibility consultant. So um, I kind of specialized in like Dragon Naturally Speaking. I really see like AI and technology and voice specifically as like a really great democratizer of information for people and especially people with varying types of disabilities. And I really do truly believe that, you know, when you're dining from both ends of the spectrum, whether it's like, you know, low vision or blind that is kind of like voice only or deaf and hard of hearing that has like a text input, you know, we really focus on like meeting people where they are. And I think voice is just like such a great medium for that. And I, and I love that there's so much that's like, so undefined and like Richard said, like there's so much that we're still figuring out in this space. And I think that's really exciting. And so just personally from like a problem solving perspective, I think like that's really compelling to me. And then also just coming in again with that lens of accessibility. I think there's so much that we can learn from people who, you know, have been using, you know, like voice technology for people with disabilities has been around for 35 years. And talk about early adopters. I mean, they like very willingly like buy into any of like these new technologies because like it better enables their lives. And so, you know, the onus is on us, like as UX designers to be um, really inclusive in how we, how we build and create those experiences. And so I really love that aspect of it. Oh, that excites me. I, I always love this space because of the mix of what you both said, this kind of mix of the human side, the language, the creativity, the accessibility, and then how do we kind of use it in various verticals. And for you guys today, it's talking about this retail space. So Let's talk about the space as a whole. When we think of retail and e-commerce and whether you know, you've seen data or you want to share, where do you see it going in terms of now and into the future as a whole? And kind of where does maybe conversational AI fit into that? Carissa, I'll start with you. Sure. So I guess like I see conversational AI, I mean, like we're really kind of in the infancy of like how that works. I think like there's so much potential right? I think really like the most important thing is having like that ecosystem approach, because like when we think about experiences, we really want to be holistic. And again, like when we talk about meeting people where they are, we're really not wanting to train or force people to engage and interact with voice. But like if they're switching from the like multimodal to one or the other, or going from like an in-person interaction to like figuring something out on like their app or their Google or Alexa or what have you. So we really want to be holistic about that. And again, like use this as like one modality to interface with like like our company and our services. And again, like I see that as being really informative in so many ways, just because like we really get to remove the barriers in terms of like what things have, like, again, coming from accessibility, but also just from like technical acuity or people that are, you know, um, have an increased cognitive load because they're like doing something else or multitasking or what have you. Like we really get to hear from people in their own words. What are they looking for? How are they searching? What are they trying to do and accomplish? And we get to source that information. And I think that's just like a really beautiful thing. And there's so much opportunity there. And, um, and again, like how we can kind of seamlessly integrate that into each of the different pathways and modalities that we engage them with. I think like that's really beautiful. And I, and again, like, I think, you know, like there's, 
you know, like as, and like I said, like, I think we're like really early on in terms of like how people use it. I think now it's a little bit more tactical, but I think like the opportunity moving forward, once people kind of gain that trust, once you do the small things well, once you kind of like show and prove and show up for people the way that they want to be shown up for, um, I think that there's going to be like endless opportunities moving forward. Yeah. Richard, what would you like to add to that? Again, you've been, uh, Carissa is newer with Best Buy, but when you, not even just with Best Buy, but just in general, where do you see this retail and e-commerce space going, kind of feeding off of what she said as well? So I think a lot of right now, what a lot of, this is speaking more for, for, for others and uh, retail broadly, there's a, a search for quality. And, um, you know, you probably, as you probably know, I uh, attend a lot of the voice lunches, both U.S. and uh, global and language and linguistics. And I think a couple of weeks ago uh, in the U.S. version of it, uh, the whole topic of conversation was around why don't we have better quality um, within, within all conversational language, but also retail to some degree. And I think the challenge is, is, you know, so people are looking for what, where's better quality, what are the right use cases? for retail. And I think the sort of the best tool to get sort of understand what where we need to go with this is is to really take a, a large um, view on the overall shopping experience, the overall shopping journey for a customer. I think it's so tempting within the retail space to think that it's all about the transaction or maybe it's like quick choose to get the transaction, worry, worry about that. Um, what we like to do at Best Buy is, is to look at it's like, okay, there's many stages in that. Um, there's exploration stages like, okay, I, I'm looking for wireless headphones or refrigerator or whatever. What do I need to learn in order to make a better decision? There's the next stage, which is sort of the choosing stage, which is where, okay, of all these different possibilities, how do I get down to the one that I want to purchase? And then once we uh, get at that stage, that's once we have we've chosen the items, like we have, then we do have to get a transaction, make that as easy as seamless as possible. Uh, for voice, there's challenges around getting, you know, linking your account or whatever you need to do in order to use your form of payment uh, to determine where we're going to ship something to you. And then once you've transacted, there's also the stage of, of okay, how am I going to get this thing? When's it going to show up? How do I keep track of, of, of the shipments? And if, you know, and then later on, if I get it, if I happen to return it or need to return it, what, what do I do? If you look at that full journey, I think what I, I hear in, in, in industry is like, the best way to do is like with, Anyway, where along that point, where along that, 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 that overall journey, is there opportunity for voice? And some of the things I think legitimately some people are asking, things like uh, doing like full complex comparisons between three products you can do easily at a website might not be something you could do in voice. And so we, what, to do a great job with retail is like, okay, where do you fit on the spectrum and how do you, where's the opportunity to uniquely for, vo for voice? Um, sometimes we, I think, uh, examples like, um, like Starbucks for ordering, uh, with their, their Alexa scale, to be honest, I haven't been checked in lately because during the pandemic, I myself had become a great barista at home. So I don't, <laughs> I don't need their app anymore. Um, uh, there might be a side business once pandemics are completely over. Um, but the, what, what they've looked at is like, okay, realistically, when you purchase coffee, if you're like me, it's like, you pay pretty much the same thing every day. Um, it's really about the film. It's the easy transacting part of it. That that's the part that they focused on and delivered a, a good product for. I think in industry, I think we, we have to do a better job of, of having a complete picture of what retail spaces, how we uh, complete retail shopping journey, and then knowing where it along the way can voice uniquely deliver on something, um, and carrying on with the with the um, quality theme. 
if you look at what we've done at Best Buy, uh, because of we're slightly different organization because we, admittedly a lot larger, um, and our approach has actually been um, say build uh, uh, a great experience, foundational retail experience, and then we're going to prove it along the way. So we're going to build the quality for that. Um, both uh, Chris and I are from the Midwest, so we are born to be modest. Um, but that's big. Uh, we've built, um, we've gone completely multi-channel with, with our voice perspective, with our voice experience, which means that when we, uh, we want to be where, where our customers are so that if you add something to your cart via the website or uh, voice, you could, or mobile, it's all the same cart. And you should be able to, if I could add something to your voice, I could purchase it via website um, and vice versa. So we've delivered that just the last couple of days, actually, on the Lexus side, we've, we've fully blown uh, um, experiences, completely multi-channel. And also multi-platform, it says that we've delivered that both on Alexa and Google. And again, throwing the modesty aside, that is, and I don't think there's a, a retailer that has that full robust of experience in both of those platforms. But the quality uh, challenge for us is that we've done a lot of great things in that respect. We have to go and polish that to, to, to again, looking back at the journey, where along the way uh, are there opportunities and challenges for, for us to improve on that. Um, it, it, to use a metaphor, we, I think we've created, created great plumbing within our house that we, 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 we did a lot, of, a lot of the heavy lifting. The fixtures where people actually get the water on the tap or whatever, we've had, let's say, temporary, but for good enough fixtures for now, over the, the months and years ahead, we have to go back and do better fixtures so that we, we have a better experience for, for a better quality for our, our customers. Yeah, I like how that's said. Um, it's interesting, you know, you're talking about starting something, but looking at it in multiple pieces and then saying, okay, let's kind of add and increase the quality. Um, because we've seen in the past where people have maybe done a voice skill, they've done something and then they just kind of left it, you know, and they said, well, it didn't work. But there's an important factor to be able to constantly be testing and getting that feedback and getting the data so that you can improve the quality. Can you talk a little bit about why that's important or maybe what that kind of process is like in general? Chris, I don't know if you want to speak to that first. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess like in, in that respect, again, I think it, it's so interesting just in thinking about like depending on like what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish and really being cognizant of like how are your users interacting and engaging and how can we kind of like streamline? Like, is it like a matching scenario? Is it, you know, we're funneling them to the wrong direction and just being sure that we're kind of, again, like doing those little things right to again, like build this trust so that we can build like those larger competencies. And then also just being cognizant of the fact that, you know, everything that we should be doing should be like a highly iterative, highly like mobile. I mean, like we're, you know, what how people are using verse, voice now versus how they were at the beginning of the pandemic versus how they're going to be using it in a year, two years, three years, five years is going to change and evolve. And so we, you know, appropriately need to change and evolve along with like our users. And so I think just being, you know, flexible with how that works and how we want to kind of like build that um, capability along with our users, um, instead of kind of like for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Richard, anything to add to that as well? Yeah, I think the, it, I think it's a, a challenge for a lot of people to say, say, what exactly do we, what do we, what do I start with? And I, I'm more of a try something and learn from it uh, approach. I think it's so easy to say, okay, let's be perfect before we go outside the door. Again, leading on my experience from, from you know, the early days of the web, it's like, we are going to do some 
you know, things that we're going to look back five, 10 years from now and say, what were we thinking? How do you actually think that this was going to be a great idea? Um, uh, it, again, my best buy is a little different because we've, we've done a lot in, in the area, but I think if you're a smaller retailer, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity to, again, to choose your price, where you want to focus, um, try a small step, and then iterate on that as much as possible. There's plenty of, of analytics you could also look at, too, as far as what utterances people are, are using and also just your know, metrics of what other things are selling uh, to iterate on that. And, and don't be... I mean, I think depending on your brands, it's, it's always challenging to put something out there that you're not completely 100% happy with. But again, do something that's that's on brand, that's that's appropriate for your brand and, and, and get the learnings from it. Yeah. And in response to that, when you talk about on brand and you're talking about increasing quality, you mentioned kind of like the fixtures that you add to a sink or your plumbing, for example. Where do you think things like um, a custom voice, which is kind of what we focus on here at Read Speaker? or a sonic brand or sounds or these other elements to kind of increase the brand and experience fit into something like this in general? And is it something that Best Buy is looking into as well? I, th- I think that's what, where, where, have to, where retailers have to look at and get their brand and see what's, a, what's appropriate for them. I think because we are more of a uh, use simple language uh, and be where the customer is type of a brand, we concentrated on, on making everything work well and then we were going to then layer on to that sort of the, the personality um, uh, aspect of it. So I think for, for our approach is, is to deliver the base functionality, improve on that, and then get into something that, that's, that's more, it's like, I think, brand worthy, but, but it worries more about the personality of brand. There are some challenges you probably guess with, with large brands is like there's fundamental things like uh, the voice. There's been a lot of conversation as far as do we want it to be skew more toward a feminine sounding voice or a male sounding voice? Where you know, that's a legitimate question and a hard one. You probably guess there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of uh, um, input in a lot of large organizations of where we would really go with that. But that's that's what, one of the things that makes it challenging to to start with that. Um, but I completely would would think that there are opportunities for depending on the retailer or the use case that you have that you should also concentrate on on that part of the personality part of it first. Yeah. And I, I wanted to just kind of add to that and ask you, Carissa, um, because, you know, we are in Pride Month, which I always say is not just one month. It should be all the time. Um, and we're very here at Reed Speaker and my, myself personally are very passionate about diversity and inclusion. And, you know, always thinking about making sure that we are being accommodating. You know, you talked about accessibility, but also people of different backgrounds and different sexual orientations and different religions and all these things, which is a challenge, I think, sometime in voice um, and especially in the retail space. Carissa, do you have any ideas of how retail in general or e-commerce in general could create a more diverse and inclusive experience with something like voice technology or conversational AI as a whole? Absolutely. I mean, I, I really do think that the foundation of having like an inclusive product and inclusive system like really needs to be built intentionally like from the ground up so you know i know um so many of your guests have talked about and i i totally agree is like really companies need to kind of like put their money where their mouth is in terms of like their messaging and really like live those values of inclusion as well as like build really inclusive teams and having those teams build inclusive products and then also like really getting like um, active user buy-in and get, getting active engagement and feedback. So, you know, inclusive usability testing, like having like open channels for communication, like coming back with, so you're really like building things with people and in, um, in tandem with them rather than, um, you know, alongside them or like, you know, kind of, 
um, I don't know, kind of just like guessing what people, what people are going to have. And so I think like, that's really important. And, and, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of like a foundation of where everything should be set. Yeah. Richard, anything to add to that? Yes. We approach this with Serlis is saying is that we don't uh, create products for our customers. We create products with our customers. It says that when we do use the research, I think it goes beyond just that saying that we do use the research. Uh, our lead researcher ensures that we have uh, not only just a, just the standard um, uh, age and gender uh, within our participant panel, but also uh, uh, sexual orientation and gender identity comes into play, but also things like Chris mentioned, like cognitive capabilities within them. And what I challenge our lead research on would be when we, when you create, this is more so more with exploratory research to, to look for what we call blind spots that us as designers, we don't, we don't, you know, because we're all sort of working at a team, we, we make assumptions of how it's going to go over with our, our, our customer base. And let's design the um, uh, user test in order to expose some of these blind spots or potentially expose some blind spots that we have. And by, if we only do that if you have, if your participant panel, panel is representative of, of your customer base. Yeah, no, and that's good to hear that Best Buy does that. And I think, like you said, it, it starts from the beginning, it's a continuous thing, it's something you have to be conscious of and include. Um, is the the work that you both are doing on Best Buy, is this something that customers can experience now? And if so, how do they do that? And if not, when do you think um, in the future it'll be something that they can do? For re- for retail, I was a little confused by it. Yeah. So for, re- for Best Buy, for the conversational AI experiences that you are creating, are those things that people can access now or not yet? They are all out there. Again, as I mentioned before, it's like you can search 193,000 products with via voice. You could purchase a vast majority of them with voice on both the Google and Alexa platform. So it's it's all it's all out there. Um, there are challenges. Um, we no challenges that, that linking your account is going to be required, so that we could pull in your Best Buy, the safes credit card, where you can ship your preferred stores and things things like that. But um, have added it and let us know uh, how it goes for you. And what is the skill called? Uh, it's it's Best Buy, both on on uh, on Alexa and and Google. Yes, yeah, so you can launch now if you're listening and watching and check it out and purchase. And I will say, you know, Best Buy over the years, when I think about the things that the company has done to create better experiences from little things like in-store um, recycling. You know, I remember working at a place years ago and they would just throw out ink cartridges. And I was like, that's really bad for the environment. And how Best Buy said, well, we'll take them and we'll dispose them properly. And also how you can call and someone can come to your home and help you decide like which things you need. And now being able to see that this experience is being extended into things like voice, where you said you can search for things, you can purchase. I mean, I think that's something that is not talked about enough and the value of that. And just going back to what you both said early on, it is, yes, about purchasing something, but it's also about the customer experience and journey as well. Now, when we think of, again, retail and e-commerce, is there maybe one tip or one suggestion you would give for a retail or e-commerce brand that either is looking to get into conversational AI and use it or improve what they have? You know, one tip, one piece of advice. Carissa, I'll start with you. Yeah, I guess, again, I would say kind of like do, do the simple things well. 
um, and like build that trust. And again, think of it as just like, this is like one, one way that they're interacting. And again, like consider like that holistic approach and how are you going to hand off back and forth and how are you going to even be able to like pass that information along? Um, and just being cognizant of like, again, like Richard was saying, you know, just like having, having like that mindset of like, that, the, that this is like one of the channels in like a a whole experience and just being mindful of that. Again, like feel free to start small and again, like iterate, 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 because like there's so much to be learned and every use case and every, I mean, even in retail, I mean, every retailer has different, you know, customers and different patterns and things. So, I mean, that's like the beautiful thing. And like the really fun thing is like, you really get to play. Um, and so, yeah, I think just uh, get something out there and start experimenting. Perfect. Richard, what is your tip? Uh, this comes more from a design perspective because I'm conversation designer after all, but it, it applies also to product owners and I think to overall team. And one, one tip is get the experience on a device as soon as possible. This is a new medium. It's not like you know web or print or for whatever. There's plenty of no code or low code options out there. Um, uh, I'm not compensated for saying this, but uh, we're big believers in with voice flow from a voice perspective. If you do chat box, there's bot mock and bot society, things like that. Use those to get it on the real device and start interacting yourself, your team members, and also testing on the device. Um, do it, you know, this, there's a lot of people recommend like having people talk back forth each other to get an idea of how conversation is goals. I think having a device is, is very important as far as getting a real sort of a, a, a sense of how it, the conversation is going to go and how the interaction goes. Perfect. And if people want to learn more about anything we spoke about or they want to connect with you or check out the voice skill or anything else, where can they do that? Carissa, I'll start with you. Sure. You can hit me up at LinkedIn or I'm on Twitter at Meryl Carissa. Um, and yeah, or feel free to email me first name, last name at Gmail. Perfect. And Richard? I'm on LinkedIn, so reach out to me there. And like they said, you can check out the voice scale on Amazon or Alexa looking up Best Buy and be able to search and purchase things. I thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to see that experience grow and experience it myself and learn more. Thank you so much. This has been great. We are too. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you are watching and listening, don't forget to subscribe to our Read Speaker AI YouTube channel, as well as our audio podcast, Creative and Tech, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Creative and Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.